Ah, summer. The best time of the year usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there was another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. At IKEA, everyone can have lounge chair access. No reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, they have all of the essentials that you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts more, more, more. i want to kiss you more. All in with Scott Patterson, an iHeartRadio podcast. Hey everybody, Scott Patterson. I am all in podcast one on one interview, one on productions, iHeartRadio, iHeartMedia, iHeart. Did I say podcast? Yeah, media. Did I say all that popcorn, all that stuff? Um, Mark Herlick is going to be our guest. He portrayed Stuart Woltz for one episode on Gilmore Girls. Stuart was Rory's boss at the Stanford Eagle Gazette. Uh, who she insisted on getting a job with. Here's a little bit about Mark, film stage actor, playwright. Uh, uh, he's appeared in the films Election, uh, Jurassic Park 3, Eulogy, Four-Year Consideration, 42. He also has various roles in television shows like Seinfeld, Numbers, Wings, Grace Under Fire, Will and Grace, NCIS, Boy Meets World, Breaking Bad, Bones, Six Feet Under, and five episodes of the first season of Big Bang Theory more recently appeared in Preacher and The Morning Show. Let's bring him in, Mark Herlick. Uh, Mark, t- tell us what, thanks for joining us. Tell us how you got the role, Gilmore Girls. Well, we're talking um, about a gig I got a very long time ago, right? Uh, you should understand that I'm uh, in a category as an actor. And uh, with, with, uh, guest roles like the editor of the Eagle Gazette and Gilmore Girls, uh, I'm essentially a plumber. Somebody 
has one job that they need done. So they hire a plumber to come in. If your sink is stopped up, you hire a plumber to come in. He unstops the sink and goes about his job. Uh, that's just one stop on his day's work. Um, so my involvement with a television show is basically that. They have their regular characters that paint the house, hang the paintings, choose the furniture, live there. But I play a character that just pops in. They give me a name. They give my character a name and some lines to say. But essentially, I'm there just to keep the water flowing through the sink. And the water mm. flowing through the sink in this case was, uh, I believe, Alexis was looking for a job at the Eagle Gazette. So they needed somebody that was sort of a semi-foil for her at the Eagle Gazette to hire her. And once she's hired, my character is dispensable. So mm. how did I get the job? Uh, I worked for Amy Sherman Palladino on her show, Veronica's Closet. And I was uh-huh. a, um, I was a generic boyfriend, I think, to Kathy Najimy. I believe so, uh, mm-hmm. of whom I was a big fan because of the Kathy and Mo show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I played Kathy, I think it was Kathy and Jimmy's boyfriend for three episodes. Um, I don't know why Amy hired me for Veronica's Closet because we had no relationship whatsoever. I mean, I saw her every day on the set and we were involved in script changes and such. Um, But uh, she never remembered my name. And uh, I found her, you know, fairly um, uh, unpleasant to work with or neutral pleasant uh, to work with. Uh, Why why, why do you you say that? Why do you say that? Oh, she just ignored me. Oh, so okay. so I, I attempted, I remember attempting chit-chat. I think I complimented her on a scene as she speedily mm-hmm. walked by me in her top hat mm-hmm. and jodhpurs. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so, you know, it's okay. I'm a plumber. Generic boyfriend. I did three episodes. And then uh, some years later, her other, her her one of her next shows, Gilmore Girls, comes up and I recall being offered the job. So somebody in Amy's world may have remembered me or the casting director said, oh, this guy played generic boyfriend in Veronica's closet. Remember him? No, but if I hired him for that, let's hire him for this. So I was hired for this. Um, And I I have a certain amount of comic skills, uh, which the casting director, anyway, I was approved. I came in. Um, into one of the most uncomfortable gigs I've ever worked, um, which, which you may which you may ask me about. <laughs> Tell us more. <laughs> and, and I'm not painting a very rosy picture as it is. <laughs> so, so I, I went through the I went through the Gilmore Girls hazing. Uh, which every actor does, which is, you know what that is. Talk faster. faster. Talk faster. Talk faster. (laughs) I'm talking as fast as I can think. Talk faster than you can think. 
Right. Which, if you watch the show and the and the the actors that are really good at that, and they're you know they're really good at that, they do in fact talk faster than you can think, which has you mm-hmm. sort of rolling, falling forward all the time, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and you you're laughing, you're always laughing in retrospect. So the humor doesn't even need to be that. Mm, it doesn't need to be jokey, and it doesn't need to be particularly funny. It's wit that comes spitting out, and is a it's a great technical approach to comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and and lots of writers use it, but um, I think it was used to the best effect on Gilmore Girls. Anyway, yeah. I had to confront that, even though I knew that was the the aesthetic going in. Uh, my biggest challenge was. Remember the lines fast enough to keep going and talk as fast as you can and move faster than you than you can think. Just let the words flow out. Uh, you have to drill the words a lot so they come out freely. And then you're mm-hmm. sort of tripping forward. And then once you get a handle on that, you can put in little comic fillips and mm-hmm. reasons, mm-hmm. if you wish. Uh, mm-hmm. And and um, in in preparing for this interview, I went back and I watched the episode, and I kind of liked what I did. I feel like it was it was light and funny and and tripping forward, but God, was it hellacious to get into? Because uh, on the set, it's not a suggestion; it is you will talk faster, you will talk faster yeah. than that, yep. and uh, uh, and uh, when you do talk faster, you're not met with approval; uh, you're met with Geez, finally. Okay, let's move on. And, mm-hmm. and you know, remember once again, I'm a plumber. So, you know, the plumber doesn't get iced tea when he comes to the door. He doesn't <laughs> have, he doesn't have uh, a little tray of uh, uh, crudite and hors d'oeuvres waiting for him. It's like, mm-hmm. don't tramp your muddy boots on my floor and <laughs> fix that drain as fast as you can so we can get back to our normal life. So this is the life of a guest star, especially when you're doing, you know, just just one episode. So, uh, you know, understand my special good. challenges. It's always good to know your role, you know, on a set. Oh, there absolutely. Is a, there is, a, there is know, a pecking order. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I'm not there to do any pecking. And I don't want to be right. pecked, uh, <laughs> um, although I am pecked. I mean, they you realize that, that you must be pecked as you come in the door. Otherwise, you'll stray over to the hors d'oeuvres and the iced tea. Um, so no, de- definitely, this is the kind of job I enjoy. I I do right. like sort of smoke jumping in, doing a character that I have no relationship with and no relationship to the show. So let's let's get to uh, Alexis. You did you did all of your scenes with her. What was that like? Excruciating. Uh, um, and and here's why. Here's why. <laughs> for some for some reason, according to the schedule, Lauren Graham, all of her scenes came up first in the day because right who, who knows why but all of her scenes came up first so uh so i was you know guest guest artists mm-hmm. are called to be ready all day so let's say i'm called at 10 in the morning about seven in the evening i'm called to work so i've i've had two union meals uh right. i'm in my i'm in my union uh honey wagon uh, uh-huh. so-called because your bed is right next to the toilet. And, uh, you know, I'm hanging all out there all time, day. Right? Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> for sure. It even saves movement. See, there, you wouldn't there, even have to move I, really if you were. No, good you just lean over. It's like <laughs> it's like having a bedpan while you're uh, ending your life with a fatal illness. It's, you just lean really. to the left and pee, and they'll come in and clean later. Uh, um, e even though you have to go outside and remind them to turn on the water and the electricity in your trailer. Mm -hmm. um, but okay. anyway, seven in the evening, we're called in to do our scenes. And I think we had maybe three, three or four scenes after the go mm -hmm. faster, go faster, go faster. They go relatively well. Last scene up in the day. Okay. And to this point, I have no relationship with Alexis, including no certainly no no talking to alexis mm -hmm. and and that's you know some some regular cast members in the shows i work on go out of their way to talk to the the day players the guest stars mm -hmm. uh um mm -hmm. but um she was not in the mood and i could tell she was tired she was grumpy long who day knows what, yeah. who knows what was yeah. going on long day um mm -hmm. Young and immature. Yeah, after after twelve hours, you don't want to be there anymore. You don't. You don't want to do no. any more scenes, but you know you have to. And no, that's kind of you the don't bottom. want to do anything, and especially yeah. you don't want to do. You know the ancillary scenes like this are generally go into secondary memory. Your primary scenes that have to do with your characters and your character relationships, you memorize those mm -hmm. first. Because you want to have flexibility in the scene. You want to be able to improvise. Scenes with the plumber, you don't memorize until the last minute. Well, she memorized at the last minute, and God, was it a explosion in a spaghetti factory. She did mm. not know her words. She did not know her words. Uh, so we did many, many takes, um, and... She gets her words. We come to the last scene that we filmed, which um, if you're watching in the episode, it doesn't really look like any sort of a prominent scene, but it is what's called a walk and talk. Walking mm -hmm. down a long hallway uh, um, led by a steady cam. The, the mm -hmm. steady cam is watching you as you're walking toward the steady cam. So the steady cam operator is backing up down this long hallway. I'm in first position. Uh, my stooge of an assistant, um, uh, oh, the actor's name, a really nice guy, Dave Shalansky, Shapansky, Shalansky. Anyway, Dave mm -hmm. is next to me. He's sort of an underling to me. I hope it's not Shapansky. Huh? Nothing. Go ahead. <laughs> and and uh, Alexis is behind us. So we're a little triumvirate mm -hmm. walking toward the Steadicam operator. Well, we we do one take. So we're walking toward the Steadicam operator. I'm talking to Alexis over my shoulder, which is like, geez, get off my back. I'll give you an interview. Geez, get off my back. Get on my back. Okay, I hear you. Right, right. She's doing all the talking. We get about halfway down, and she's not there anymore. She ducked into a side room. She's got, I don't know my lines. So we go back to what we call go back to one, which is where the tracking shot starts over by the elevators or something like that. Steadicam operator. Steadicam's assistant, who is keeping him from falling over because Steadicam is walking right. backwards. Steady we line Steve. up in our little triangle. Mm -hmm. And action. I start walking. I have a couple of lines. 
Alexa says one line, gets it wrong. We look back. She's not there. She's ducked into a side room. Again, I don't know my lines. Okay, no fault, no blame. It, this was last in your short-term memory. You're having a hard time. We did 30 takes. Yeah. We did 30 takes. And the, and the scene is maybe 12 seconds long. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going over there. I'm trying to hang on. <laughs> I better not miss my fucking cue. And the steady cam operator is saying, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. Right. This is the last shot. I cannot do this anymore. And we're right up against midnight, which is, right. you know, we go into union double time. And so the producer is next to Amy Sherman Palladino saying, this is it. Amy loses her shit, but she can't yell at Alexis. So she yells at poor Dave next to me, <laughs> who I think he tripped a little bit or he stumbled and he caught shit from her. And I'm sweating bullets because like I'm on the last bullet in my um Russian roulette gun and that thing better <laughs> be a blank <laughs> Alexis please remember your line and she got it he, I, I heard her rehearsing she wasn't rehearsing the sense of the line she was rehearsing mnemonics so uh, for, I think she may have some uh, she had some, some line uh, um, uh, of I'm not nitpicking here so what she was saying, mm-hmm. I'm not picnicking here. I'm not going to picnic. I go for a picnic. When I go for a picnic, I have fun. Okay, I have a picnic. I eat sandwiches. So what is the line? I'm not nitpicking here. So that's how she learned the word nitpicking. I don't know mm-hmm. if that was the word, but it was something like it. And uh, mm-hmm. we get that shot. Uh, check the gate. Gate's good. That's a wrap for the day. I dash for my dressing room as fast as I possibly can. Oh, sure, yeah. yeah, yeah. And and uh, and I wonder. I want. I mean, she gets. Uh, we find at the end of the episode that I did. My character does hire her, but um, I was hired for this job as a possible recurring. And this is always a contract designation. We're hiring you for one episode, but it's possibly recurring, which means. No matter what we pay you, come work for us. Because if you're really good, we'll hire you for more episodes. And that definitely does happen. Uh, I was not invited to come back. My character did not recur. I don't know what happened with her job at the Eagle Gazette after that. It's interesting because the fans always ask that question, too. Like, Rory never went back to that job after that episode. And so the fans are always like, this job was such a big deal. Where did it go? And it's like one of the great unanswered questions. In the next next episode, which I wasn't in uh, because I checked, she does, she is doing some uh, gig filming something for the for the Gazette. And she has a she because there's one scene where she talks with a friend of hers who's mm-hmm. in the newsroom at the Gazette. But then after that, crickets. Yeah, she has a line like I have to send something in or something like that. And then that's that's the end of the yeah. Gazette. <laughs> hey, guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back. And this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages 
they starved us, they beat us, they burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it, sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody, welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle. And I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Sorry, let me interject something here. Um, yeah, I do. It's interesting, and this happens on sets, on television sets, on film sets. This kind of thing, this is the point is is this show was so demanding uh, and the days were so long and it was just nothing but memorization, short-term memory and talking, talking as fast as you possibly can. And it was physically and psychologically and psychically taxing and the level of exhaustion that you reach uh, after 
10, 12 hours of this, you simply can't do it anymore. Everything starts to break down. You, it's you rage invoking. It, it, it actually is. That it's, is ra- exactly it's road rage. Right. It's road yes. rage on, yes. on the set. Yes. And it's, and it's very, very toxic. And I really feel for Alexis. You tell the story, but I mean, she was incapable of remembering anything and she has a mind like a steel trap. I mean, she could remember anything, all those long speeches, all those long scenes. So um, my story must not be unique. No, I mean, it. Ha- it's happened to me. It's happened to everybody on that show yeah. where you just get yeah. so overwhelmed because you're so tired after yeah. 10, 12 hours of that yeah. and multiple scenes and it's fast, faster, faster. And it's 100 degrees out in Burbank and you got to go yeah. to a, a town hall meeting and the, the next day and you're just like, <laughs> it's it, it because I don't think fans understand how difficult these jobs are, and you know, absolutely, get absolutely. Paid a lot well, of money. The perks are fantastic, you know, all good. But it's it's a hard job. Gilmore Girls was yeah. a hard job. That's well, a hard I don't, job. I my hat is off to you and everyone. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, a, a, a good friend of mine played a, a recurring role, Mike Winters. Have you had a chance to talk to Mike? Oh Winters? God, Michael Winters is the best. Yeah, he's the best. He's Taylor Taylor Dozy, just fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he he's one of my besties, and he always he always told me about working on Gilmore Girls, and I and I was excited to get the job, and and mm-hmm. I I realized this is this is you know sometimes television is playtime. You work for a four camera show. You do um, like uh, that's a whole uh, Will and Grace. Animal. Let's say yeah. Will and Grace. I I, yeah. I worked a lot on Will and Grace. I, I I did an episode of Will and Grace. I did a Seinfeld. I I it is. It's so much fun. God. Yeah. The dream yeah. job is to be a series regular on a hit sitcom. That's yeah. the dream job. You know. Yeah. It's yeah. So much fun. Yeah. You know, it's sure. nine to five rehearsals. It's like going back to theater. And you're doing live theater in front of a live audience, and it's just yes. fun. And you get to practice. You get, get practice. you get a week to to memorize your lines, essentially. Right. But but right. Uh, but my view of Gilmore Girls, and 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 I know that it's it's consistent around the industry, and the yes, the audience shouldn't partake in it. But it's a it is a uh, a blender on high. Mm-hmm. You go in, and and as happened with me, my first introduction was. You better talk fast. Just talk yep. fast and be relaxed mm-hmm. and uh, and be offhanded humorous. All of which I can do, but you know, mm-hmm. coming at the as you say at the end of a twelve-hour day, and um, I cast no aspersions on Alexis whatsoever. Oh no, 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 no! We didn't think Total you were. Tip no, of I, just, the hat. I just wanted to. Cl- I just wanted to clarify for the audience. Uh, the listening audience, just, you know, everybody has their limits. Yeah. And I think anybody can relate to this because everybody's at their jobs every day. And it's like, it gets yeah. to be eight, 10, 12 hours in. And you're like, yeah, I'm shutting down here. And I That's need right. to just go home and, and like go to sleep, take a shower. Well, not in that order. You're so tired. You don't even know what order. And, it's, talk- and it's not as though it, it's not as though this job is involuntary. Uh, you know, we we want to be doing this. We we right, have right. Uh, we have we have creative urges. We want to create characters. We want to perform. We want to uh, work with other artists who are at our level. But but here's something that I will I will postulate. It is acting is not meant to do 
that much. Interesting. And I think I think acting is a it, you know it's a it's a gift to God. It's a, it's 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 almost holy. It's it's spiritual yeah. if yeah. it's done right. Yeah. I think there's nothing more vital than live theater when it's done right. I don't think there's anything more vital than um, uh, a great film when it's done well, right? Television is a different animal. It requires you to, because of the a level of exhaustion, compromise yourself at times just to preserve your sanity. Mm. And it's mm. unfortunate. But yeah. people get so exhausted on those yeah. sets, on yeah. one hour single camera dramas yeah. or dramedies, whatever they are, um, that it's like you start thinking in terms like, and it doesn't happen often, but you sometimes you start thinking in terms like, I just need to get the hell out of here and I just yeah. need to sit here and I'll deliver the lines and then I want to go home. No, yeah. I'm not going to move over there. No, I'm not going to move over there. And I know I should yeah. and I know it make a better scene. But it's like you physically cannot do it. Yeah. So let's talk about Seinfeld. Because I did a Seinfeld. I want to. I want to compare experiences. What? Tell us about Seinfeld. I wonder if I saw. I wonder if I saw your episode because I can't. I can't recall Sp- it offhand. Sponge, I didn't watch Spongeworthy of- episode. Spongeworthy episode. Spongeworthy. Spongeworthy. It's one of. No. It's apparently no. one of the. Uh, no, you don't. You didn't see that one. No, I, 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 I'll like they wanted Kramer went on an AIDS walk and he, but he wouldn't wear the ribbon. He goes, I don't want to wear the ribbon. She says, but you have to wear the ribbon (laughs) now, but talk about your experience getting Seinfeld and being on the set and meeting those. I had, I had a great experience. So you met, so you knew Mark, you, you had a relationship with Mark Lieberman or Mark Hirschfeld. Sorry. The casting director. Liebman Hirschfeld, Nancy, Nancy Liebman, Mark Hirschfeld. Yes, yes, I did. Okay, yes, I did. Right. Thank you. Right. Yeah, they were the gay. Yes, I did. They were the gay. Yes, I did. Yeah. So, so yeah. I right. So, so I, you know, I was in a like like they do with you know there there are some of us that meet first with a casting director and the casting director says okay I will put you in the second group and you'll meet with the director and the producers. Uh, um, I been in the business even at the time i did seinfeld i was in the business long enough where i didn't have to go through the first meet with the casting director so my i i and a handful of guys Mm. came in and uh and met uh jerry and the producers and i'm not sure i don't remember who directed yeah larry david and howard shapiro or george yeah yeah yeah. yeah. did you go to cbs radford for that yeah 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 yeah, and and uh and sat in a very comfortable office and talking to Jerry, who's just as nice as can be, uh, uh, Absolutely. just relaxing. And, you know, when you, when you're that, that was an example of somebody who is so confident in their job mm-hmm. and their role mm-hmm. and their week to week preparation, that there's no stress whatsoever. You're not going to get any glad handing. Uh, uh, it's that kind of job when, when, you know, when, when you're, uh, an actor and you don't get the role, you think it wasn't because of any stress in the office. I just wasn't the flavor they were looking for. And that's fine. So it went well, you got the job. It went well. It went well. Uh, the character required a generic Eastern European accent, which right. I had a generic, nice, nice, right. comfortable, generic Eastern European can, accent. Can you, can have, you do the accent still? Can you give us a little taste of Milos? 
Do you remember? <laughs> Milos, Milos, uh, uh, somebody uh, criticized me later because uh, in, when I was using my, when I would say when, he, he, they say, no, you don't say when, you say when, when, when. Uh, and I was, and I was using this, huh? um, I was using this kind of accent. Jerry says to me, he says, we had, we had guest last week who had same accent and all of his W's were V's last week. We had, I don't want that this week. Uh -huh. So <laughs> when you say week, say we. Mm -hmm. When you say when, say when, and then right. later, fans heavily criticize me for not using the V um, oh my substitution. Um, but it was because Jerry said, eh, we had somebody last week that sounded that way. Can you tweak it a little uh -huh. bit? I also had so shoulder length hair at the time. For right. God knows what. Oh, no, I was doing a character on the single guy. Uh, 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 Brad Hall's sitcom. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and I had long hair for that character. So I was keeping so, my long hair. And Jerry right. said, who, right. Jerry said, can you, can you cut your hair? And I said, no, I cannot. Right. Um, and he said, okay, thank you. And by the time I got home, uh, I had the job. So the hair nice. was just, I don't know. He wanted, he wanted right, something right. different. So when you were on set, who, who, who were your scenes with? Who, who did you, did you meet everybody in the cast or was it, were you uh, just Michael Kramer Jerry? is an old uh, friend of mine. Michael so, Richards. Yeah. So Rick Richards, <laughs> mm -hmm. Michael Richards is an old friend of mine. We've done, we did theater together and wow. I just love him. And so I knew him on the set and, uh, I know Julia, uh, and um, Jerry, Michael, mm -hmm. Julia, mm -hmm. Jason, Jason, and Jason was my next door neighbor. So oh. I I knew all of them, even though I hadn't worked right. with Jason before. So I just felt so at ease and so comfortable. And I think um, maybe Andy Ackerman was the director. Yeah, yeah, yep. Um, and I had worked with Andy before on four camera sitcom. And so I just felt like I was, I know these people, I know this job, I know this character. I feel so mm -hmm. free and easy. And basically Jerry and I just played a lot of tennis together. Nice. Is he a good tennis player? Um, don't know because I was playing with my left hand. So I would be bad. Mm. Mm. I was a tennis pro who didn't know how to play tennis. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. So so let's move on to uh, the morning show. You were with Reese Witherspoon and Jennifer Aniston. Tell us what it was like working with them. I wasn't with Reese, but I was with Aniston. Uh, mm -hmm. I was a lawyer mm -hmm. on the board of directors under the first administration before mm -hmm. Bill A. Kurta took over. So, wow. uh, so I had scenes. Uh, I had scenes with Billy, and I had scenes with Billy. Uh, Billy is one of my favorite actors. I think he's just oh, a, a miracle. Uh, he's so I think simple he's, and direct. He's so right. He's so great. He cuts right through all the BS and just does the character. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, remember his role in Almost Famous as a rock star? Yeah. yeah. God, he was yeah. great. He's so good. He's heavy, just heavy. he's just straightforward. Yes. Um, he looks you in the eyes and with an unfurrowed brow <laughs> speaks his speaks his yeah. truth. Yeah. Uh, um, which is an example of you don't have to do anything as an actor because you're already it. When you show up on right. the set, you're already it. Right. You're already right. the character. You know, some maybe there's an accent. Maybe there's a maybe there's some sort of physical mannerism you'd like to play with, but be careful mm -hmm. doing that. Right. Mostly, you arrive, and by the time you've arrived, you're the character. You're in place. Then just listen, mm -hmm. and um, ignore the two hundred people around you that are waiting to get to the next shot. There you go. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us. So we were gonna become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it, Sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody, welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married yeah. at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating. And a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation <laughs> yeah. that didn't have to deal with Instagram and that. Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. We create magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> You couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. She's breathing. Right now? Yes, she's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top 
of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we're going to go into a segment we call Rapid Fire. And oh, you do not have to answer these questions quickly. Okay. okay? You do not if have to. If they're too fast, I'll spout obscenities. So I'm, that, that, that's my, that's my improvisatory fault. I, I, I have the same knee-jerk reaction having gone through seven years of that. Uh, that's what faster Scott. All right, you ready? Here we go. And a wanna yes, and a two. You're too charming. How do you like your coffee? Uh, it's only one ingredient in the beverage that I call coffee. Are you Team Logan, Team Jess, or Team Dean? Team Logan. Good man. Who Who is your favorite Gilmore Girls couple, Luke and Lorelai or Emily and Richard? Luke and Lorelai. Would you rather work with Luke indeed? Uh, would you rather <laughs> work with Michelle or Kirk? Uh, I'd much rather work with Captain Kirk. Um, I just find him <laughs> fuzzy and enveloping. <laughs> what would you order at Luke's Diner? Oh, I'd uh, I'd order a, a club sandwich, hold the turkey, and I don't like that cheese they keep putting on. They say it's cheddar. It's American. Fuck you. <laughs> Harvard or Yale. Uh, or you drop out and live in a pool house. Uh, it would have to be Harvard by default because I was directed by a Yale director who told me, anytime you're talking to another actor, you need to look in their eyes. And I said, what the <laughs> kind of behavior is that? <laughs> I learned that at Yale. Sorry, somebody, I'm somebody, off to Harvard. Uh, somebody just told me that. I'm not kidding. And I oh, just no, went, really? I swear to God. Uh, they I also worked with Mark Brokaw. Oh, that's funny. Would you rather attend a DAR event with Emily or... Or a town meeting with Taylor? A town meeting with Taylor because uh, I would just like to travel with her getting through the screaming crowds trying to get to the venue. I find her very uh, charming when I when I see her in shots in the uh, in the owner's booth. Um, I thought, no, she looks like a nice girl. The Gilmore Girls character that you would want as a roommate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was a roommate with Mike Winters. Tell me the name of his character again. Taylor. Taylor. Yeah, Taylor. Something in your life you are all in on. Your beard? My puppies. Yeah, your puppies. Oh, I, I, no, my beard is all in on me. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, my 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 puppies for sure. It's it's a fantastic beard. That is a. It's an enigma beard. to me. What is this doing Why? on my face? I don't know. It's I don't know. <laughs> It's uh, it's working for you, buddy. All right, really it's enjoyed me in the unemployment line. It's <laughs> enjoyed speaking with you. <laughs> oh, uh, you too, Mark man. Herlich, thank, you. thank you so much for sharing your experiences with us. I appreciate your time. Appreciate your good work and uh, all you, the man. best to you. Back and, at you. Uh, take care, man. Thank all you. Right.
forget, follow us on Instagram at I am all in podcast and email us at Gilmore at iHeartRadio.com. All summer, the best time of the year usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there was another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. At IKEA, everyone can have lounge chair access. No reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, they have all of the essentials that you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.